Today is uh, September the 15th, 2019, hallelujah, and uh, my name is Brother Joseph, amen. Uh, I want to thank everyone for this opportunity to come before you, and um, I look forward to getting to the Word today, amen. Today we're going to be talking about the Father, amen, and why uh, this is part of the process, right, of... <clears throat> of uh, growing up, amen, in the Lord. So remember, we've talked about this now, we've been talking for a few weeks now about the making of a leader and how that God doesn't make leaders, he makes servants that become disciples, amen. And then once you're a disciple, you're leading because you're you're an example. You're you're putting forth the pattern, amen. You're, you're describing by your life the very work of God in your heart, amen, in your spirit. <clears throat> So let's get started with some prayer, amen. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord God, for this tremendous opportunity to stand here before your people, Father, in your presence, ministering the words of life, Father, teaching your people, Lord God, 
helping them understand, Father God, growing them up in the Lord, equipping them, Father, teaching them your ways, Father God, amen. The children of Israel knew your acts, but Moses knew your ways, Father. I thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name, Father, for your word. I thank you how that you watch over your word to perform it in each and every one of our lives, Father God. Amen. I thank you, Lord, how Mary, she chose the thing that was needful. She, How you said to Martha, one thing is needful, glory to God. And right now, we're taking part of you, Lord Jesus. We're, we're breaking the bread of life. We're partaking of you, Father God. We're drinking of that living well, that living water, amen. Rivers of living water that flow out of our spirit, amen. We partake of your goodness and of your mercy, Father, this day and of your grace. I thank you, Lord God, for those that are partaking now, and I thank you those that will partake in the future, Father. I thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name, for your precious Holy Spirit and that anointing that abides in us, Father. We need not that any man teach us, save that anointing which is in us. It will teach us, glory to God. I thank you for this, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Well, like I said, today is uh, September the 15th, amen, and uh, this is, um, we're going to be talking today about the Father, amen, and, and how we've already discussed, right, about the five spiritual stages of spiritual growth, right? You got your napions, which means no speech. In other words, that's an individual or someone that just got born again, and they don't really have a lot to say, right? They, they talk about the things that God has delivered them from, and in Romans 10, 9, and 10, and John 3, 16, and maybe a few other scriptures, but their depth in the Word, amen, and in the Spirit is very minimal. And it's understandable, right? Even in the natural, when we have our children, when we had our children, all they could do is drink milk, right? The simple things. And we cared for them and nurtured them until they grow up, and then finally we, we come to a place where now we're potty on, right? We're starting to walk. We're still wearing diapers, right? We're still in the potty stage, but... Nevertheless, we're, we're learning and growing and getting disciplined to some measure and, and, uh, and, and learning where not to go and where to go and what not to touch and what to touch and et cetera, et cetera. And so again, the Padian, he's he still needs some growing up, right? He's still carnal. And then we've got the Technon. The Technon, well, he's like our teenager today, right? He thinks he's ready for the responsibilities and maturity of, of being in in his own apartment, in his own situation, right, his own job and everything. But when it comes down to it, there's still some development there that has to take place before they're ready, right? And naturally, in the natural, we wouldn't send out our sons and daughters before there were, it was time, right? We wouldn't allow them to get into areas of uh, that they think they're ready for, for example, like boyfriend and girlfriends, right? Because we know that they don't have the character, the maturity to handle that emotional Right bondage, if you will, that emotional tie that that occurs between two individuals, and it is supposed to occur in the right season, right? For example, my sons, they don't they don't think about those things, and, and I'm grateful for that because I teach them that someday it, it will be time for that, and right now is not that time. So, and then we've got, uh, like I said, the technon. He thinks he's ready for the keys. He's he. You give him the keys to the car, and he's burning the tires, and he's wasting gas, and he's having accidents and getting tickets. <laughs> and, uh, you know, these these are um, parallels, right, of our walk with the Lord. We we grow up in the Lord. We get in the Word, amen. We're starting to see some revelation. We're starting to be able to put things together on a bigger scale, if you will. Some depth is growing. We're getting some depth in our lives. We're starting to eat strong meat that belongs to them that are a full age. 
It's funny because when you give a child a piece of meat that's not cut up, they struggle with that piece of meat. You got to chop it up in little bite-sized pieces for them to be able to process it. It's the same thing in the kingdom of God, right? Strong meat, as he says in Hebrews chapter 5. Let's go to that. Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. <clears throat> and see, when you look at this in its context of what Paul was saying, right, he was telling us that uh, verse 11, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. See, if you're not hearing the word, what's the point of me getting involved in deeper truths of the word when you're not hearing the first principles? Right? Why would I, why would God lay more responsibility on us? Why would He give us more revelation if we don't, we can't manage what we have? So He's saying you're dull of hearing, right? And dull <coughs> means sluggish, indolent, dull in language. It takes a lot of energy and a lot of force and spirit to keep that soul man maintained to be able to receive the word of the Lord, Amen. To be able to hear the word of the Lord, to be able to pray and to be able to seek God and study the word, etc., etc., etc. It takes a lot of strength for that. And there's a scripture in Mark chapter 4 where Jesus, this is the <clears throat> parable of the sower, right? But it says in uh, verse, Mark chapter 4, verse 33, And with many such parables spake he the Logos, the word unto them, as they were able to hear it. The word able means to be able to have power, whether by virtue of one's own ability and resources or of a state of mind or through favorable circumstances. In other words, to be able or possible. In other words, unto them that were possible to hear or strong enough to hear. See, when you're weary, right? You're, for, for example, let's say you're sleeping. Well, you're not at that, that place. You're not really hearing or seeing much in the Lord. Amen? And the point is, is that it takes a tremendous amount of strength to maintain our walk with the Lord. All right? Now, verse 12, For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. And Paul is talking about here, we had individuals here that were strong in the Lord, that were growing up in the Lord, but then they got dull of hearing, and they started lapsing, I'm going backward. In other words, backsliding, right? And I've been there. I didn't want to hear the word of God. I didn't want to I didn't want to I didn't want to hear about the Lord. I didn't want to know about the Lord. I didn't want to hear the word preached because I was being carnal, right? I was I was going backwards. Big times. <laughs> and uh but the grace of God, the mercy of God, amen, delivered me from all that foolishness and all that childlike behavior, technon behavior, if you will. Even though I wasn't serving God, I was still so immature and so foolish. Wasted a lot of time and a lot of money, man. Hurt a lot of people. Thank God for the grace and the mercy of God, amen, that delivers us, amen. So he says there, <clears throat> you should have been teachers already. You should have been those that are giving and instructing and training up sons and daughters of God, nursing fathers and nursing mothers, amen. But now, you backslidden, and, and now you got to get it get it again. <laughs> so then he says, for everyone, verse thirteen, that uses milk, everyone that uses milk, amen. Listen to that principle right there. If you're involved in all you do is preach milk, 
You're still unskillful in the word of righteousness, for you're a babe. Napios is the word babe there. Verse 14, but strong meat belongs to them who are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Chapter 6, Hebrews, verse 1. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. So in other words, we need to be going on into maturity in the Lord. Right? That's what, it, that's what we're reading here. Leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, number one. Faith toward God, number two. Doctrine of baptisms, there's seven baptisms. Laying on of hands and resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And of eternal judgment. And this way we do if God permit. So there's principles and teachings and understandings here that a son of God, daughter of God needs to have in their lives. And if they haven't had these, well, you need to go back through these. And when I started these videos back in April of 2018, that's where I started it, the foundational principles. There's a lot to discover there and understand about the Word of God in these foundational principles. All right? Because when you grow up, right, and you're not <clears throat> um, mature and sound in the Word of God, when the pressure comes, guess what? You're not going to manage it properly. You're not going to manage the test properly, if you will. And you're going to keep failing and failing and failing. Why? Because the foundation has been discovered. The foundation's out of order. There's a problem here. You know, we were driving by yesterday. Me and my son went to, you know, eat somewhere and so on, spend some time together. And uh, <clears throat> and uh, I saw this building, right? And they've been working on this building, this section of the area where I live at for months now. And I noticed yesterday, finally, they have the foundation for it, right? They have the foundation ready. And it took them months to get this foundation ready. They got pipes sticking out of the ground, you know, conduit. And they here, in, in, in this particular area that's being developed, it's, it's quite a large area, and they're still not completely finished with all the sections that need a foundation, right? And I was just commenting how that, you know, they got that section ready now. The foundation's ready. And, of course, my son, he asked me, well, what do you, what do you mean, Papa? And I just said, well, it's the same thing in our lives, right? If the foundation is not strong in our lives, if we are not being built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief, number one cornerstone, right, then we're going to have problems. In other words, if that building had a problem in the future, it's because the foundation had been built right. And it's, again, this falls back on the kingdom of God and the ways of God, right? The foundation is critical. Everything is about the foundation. And so, anyway, and then, again, talking about uh, strong meat belongs to them who are full age. So, finally, from the technon, you come into the weos. Now, you're able to rightly discern the word of truth, amen? You know how to give a word in season, Right? And you st and 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 your life is the Lord. Your Lord is the life. Your you you and your Father are one. You desire to be with your Father. Everywhere you go, man, you see chaos and things out of order. For example, I went yesterday to get some gas and some things, and uh, and uh, there was this individual that was a couple of couple of uh, rows down in the gas pumps, and this music, loud, all the windows down, just sitting there. The person was in the store, and I'm already looking for someone. Who in the world's got that vehicle right there? And then I uh, I saw this young lady coming out, 
And I went over there and I said, and I kind of motioned like, you know, hey man, turn it down. And the individual gave me this glare and then she reached through the volume and turned it down. But what I'm saying about the lawlessness, right? Everywhere you go, you see this. And your desire, because of the dominion that's in you of Jesus Christ, how it says in, in, in uh, Ephesians chapter 6, right? I think it's verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong and do not mode in the Lord and in the dominion. And the King James says, power of his might, the dominion of his force. The kratos is the word power and the word might is the word iskus, which means the force of God. So in other words, as you grow up in the Lord, right, and as you come into maturity, your desire is to bring order and peace everywhere you go because we know and understand according to the word of God in Isaiah. And I'm going to read that one to you. Isaiah chapter 9, starting with verse 6. For unto us a child is born, you see, a child is born, but a son is given. When you finally come into maturity, you're able to be given now to the Father. And now you're ready to come into your purpose, into your will, into the will of God for your life. So it says, unto us a child is born, a son is given. Of course, every day, December 25th, we're reading that scripture all over the world and uh, rejoicing in the fact that Jesus was born. And yes, that was a critical event. The scripture says that, that the angels of God rejoice in heaven more over one person that's repented and coming into the kingdom, right? There's a great rejoicing there, no doubt. I was grateful, amen, for being born again. And I know you as well. And then it says, shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor of the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. And that's what I'm saying right there, is that the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. And so in our hearts, and the desire is to establish the government of God, bring dominion, bring peace. Amen? Why do we have authority, right? To cover us and to protect us, not to destroy us. And authority was never meant about control, controlling one another, trying to tell people what to do. That's not authority. That's intimidation and fear and manipulation. That's not how we rule, body of Christ. We rule in the spirit, in dominion. We take authority over the demonic realm. Man. All right. So, again, Napios, Padion, Technon, Weos, Son of God. Right? For as many as are led of the Spirit of God, these are the weas of God. Jesus was the weas of God, the Son of God. Now, the last one is pater. Pater means Father. And that's what we're going to get into today. We're going to talk about the Father. Amen? My son, he, uh, he sent me this video that he watched. And the video was called The Boy Crisis, right? The B-O-Y Crisis that we're facing in the world. And, and the gentleman that was, you know, discussing this, well, he was a Ph.D., right? So he's coming at it from a psychological, right, aspect, view, statistical. But, and the, and the points that he's making are, are true, right? We know the conflict and the situation. What happens when a young boy or a young girl, young woman, grows up without a daddy, a father? And I'm not just talking about a father that made the babies right, produced them, I'm talking about a father that lives with them. In other words, is a part of their lives. It never was meant to be, according to the, 
to the will of God for a husband and wife to split up, and then they have children, and all of a sudden, you know, we, we've got a huge problem here. We got a major breakdown, man. We got a we got a a situation here where if these young men and women that are that are the casualties of the father and mother are splitting up because they can't deal with their souls anymore. They're tired of dealing with their souls, right? And this is why if you're not dying to yourself daily, you're gonna struggle with your mate. I have to die daily. I have to, you know, not allow my soul to get agitated or irritated and serve and serve and serve and serve and serve the key to one another to serve to to living with one another if you will is to serve one another because if you serve the greatest one among you is the one who serves but anyway um again it wasn't meant to be this way so when we have sons and daughters that are born and they don't have their father in their lives there's going to be some problems there now, for me, you know, this situation happened for me when I was a young man growing up and my father left us. He chose his drugs and he chose his lifestyle of drinking and carousing and apart from his wife and his two sons. Three, well, two sons and one daughter. And uh, we grew up, you know, in that way. And, you know, I just remember going into my first grade when I lived in a town down there where we lived at in Ganado, Texas. And my mother said, you make sure you, they call you your name, Joseph. Don't let them call you Joe. You know, don't let them call you any, any other uh, name except what you are, you know. And I took that to heart, you know. And, but what I'm saying is, is that we grew up without our mother or without our father. I was already in the first grade, man. My mom didn't want us around all that chaos, right? And it was a tough choice for her, you know. We grew up poor, very poor. You know, we depended on the government for assistance, food stamps, welfare money, man. And and to what end, right? The situation was doomed. But thank God when I was, I guess I was about 18 years old when I got born again, amen. And now the scripture says, if my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will take me up. Guess what? In the kingdom of God, there's still hope, amen. Thank God. There's hope for you and me to, come, to grow up. And that's what happened. I, I got born again. And I started learning the ways of God. And from then, I never looked back. I'm not saying it was easy, but that's what happened. And so the pater, right, the father. Let's take a look at our outline here. Amen. I see a lot of people join. I thank you, Lord, you know, for being willing to partake of the Lord. Amen. We have to understand the way of the Lord, amen, the times and seasons of God, amen. We, un we need to understand our visitation. We need to understand the way of the Lord, amen. And right now, you know, I saw this other article um, in a popular website, you know, Christian website, if you will. And the, the, the alarm is, you know, we need fathers in the earth, right? We need fathers. We need fathers. And, uh, in the body of Christ. Well, the interesting thing about it is in the Babylonian system, right, they have the mentor roles. And the mentor, remember if I shared with this, I shared this with you a few weeks ago, and that the mentor was a, uh, was a Greek uh, god, if you will, and 
or of the Greek gods, in other words, of that time period in the, in the Greek philosophy, whatever. And he was taking care of a son named Ulysses and training him and teaching him, educating him. But in the process of that, he also had a relationship with, relationship with him, a male-to-male -male relationship. Man. And so we use that word so flippantly now, you know, mentor, mentor. But no, in the kingdom of God is always fathers, nursing fathers and nursing mothers. Amen. And we're going to see here through the word of God how that God never changed in his purpose and his plan for what he was trying to bring into the earth. The order of first things is that he brought Adam into the earth. Adam, he breathed into his nostrils a breath of life and man became a living soul. In other words, Adam was animated and inspired by spirit all the time. That's the way he lived. He knew these animals. He knew what their names were before because he had it in his spirit. It wasn't something that he had to get educated about and trained on. He knew in the spirit. He had dominion in the spirit over everything that's dualistic, soul body. Wow. And so us today, the problem is when we get born again, guess what? You've been getting inspired by the world, inspired by demonic spirits all your life. Now there's a new governor in the land, glory to God, and your spirit is, his name is Jesus Christ. He's the Savior, but he's also the Lord of your life. Now the governor, Jesus Christ, trying to bring dominion, right, into your life, trying to bring you to a place of your inheritance in him, our goal to prepare a place for you, he said to us. Amen. I got, I got a place to prepare for you. I've got an inheritance for you, Joseph, sons and daughters of God. But you're not going to get it unless you root out and pull down and throw down and destroy everything that is not of me in your life. And your inheritance and the measure that you're walking in your inheritance is, is your degree of your submission to the Lord Jesus Christ and his word. There is no resistance unless you're submitting to the word. Resist the devil and he must flee. Submit, therefore, to God. Order first things. Resist the devil. Resist his antihistamine, man. Stand up against this perversion and trash. Is there not a cause? Everywhere we go, there's a cause, man. I'm reluctant to go out anymore into the world because everywhere I go, I'm going to see the chaos and, and, the, and the lack of order and the lack of government of the Lord. And my spirit, man, wants to rule and dominate everywhere I go. Take dominion. You see? My goodness. But again, mentor was never, wasn't, what it didn't originate from the Lord. Let me just put it that way. Fatherhood did, praise God. The fatherhood principle did. Now, a father in the Greek, the word is pater, P-A-T-A-Y-R is how it's enunciated, pronounced pater. All right? And it's a person who's respected for his age and dignity. We're, we're looking at the outline now. A spiritual father, one who converts another to the faith and is thus the instrument of his spiritual birth. Isn't that interesting? And look what we have in the body of Christ in the religious system today, in the Babylonian, the Babyland system, the confusion, system of confusion. Look what we have. Sons and daughters getting born again everywhere. 8,000 got born again. 4,000, 3,000, 2, 1, 3, 10, whatever. Who's fathering them up? Who's training them? Who's raising them up? It's a great responsibility to bring someone into the kingdom of God. 
It's a great responsibility, sons of God. But when you're a technon, you're not concerned about bringing them up into the Lord. But when you're a wheelhouse and a pater, you're definitely concerned about these sons and daughters. You pray for them. You travail until Christ be formed in them. Man. In other words, you disciple them, you train them, bring them up into maturity. Amen. Make disciples as he told us in Matthew 28. He didn't tell us to go get them born again. He said, make disciples. I remember I was in a men's meeting a few months ago and the individual was talking about the Great Commission and he made a statement about, you know, we're going out there, we're getting them born again, right? We're taking it to the streets and I made a statement to that individual I said that's not the commission of God the great commission the commission of God was to make disciples train them live with them eat with them spend time with them give you up your own soul your own suke your own life lay it down that's why Jesus taught us these things deny yourself Take up your cross and follow me. Because if you do not deny yourself, then you're not going to be there where I need you to be. You're going to be where you want to be. And you're not going to be sitting there training and teaching my sons and daughters. My goodness. Now, <clears throat> so again, one who converts and is thus the instrument of his spiritual of his spiritual birth. Right? You're concerned about these sons and daughters that get born again. I'll be honest with you, I have not gotten many born again. I've dropped the seed in their hearts. The Holy Ghost, hope, you know, by the grace of God, will direct them to that place where they see the kingdom of God. They want God. That man, I met a man yesterday. He was, he said, I'm uh, soy catolico. In other words, I'm a Catholic. And I said, well, I encourage you to go read John chapter 3, right? And I encourage you to understand what it means to be born again is what I told him. And I shared with him the story in John chapter 3. You must be born again, or you won't even be able to get to see it. And then you must be born of the water and the spirit. You can't enter it. It can be it will not become a part of your life. You will not walk in your inheritance in the kingdom of God if you are not born again. Alright. And so anyway, um, you know, he uh, we left and he left. And so that was the end of that encounter. So and then it says he's an overseer, he's a guardian, he's a governor, he's a steward. Praise God. Now, here's the natural. We're going to get into now the outline here. We're talking about the natural and spiritual characteristics and the Father's greeting, right? So 1 Timothy 1, 2, he said unto Timothy, mine own son in the faith, grace, mercy, peace from, our, from God our Father and, and Jesus Christ our Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father. Amen. And look how he greeted him, man. Unto, unto Timothy, my own technon in the faith. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, one of the things that God has revealed to me and showed me about this revelation, this, this teaching about the Father, the Pater, is that you cannot have a son unless you have a father. And you cannot have a father unless they're sons. And remember when Jesus in John 14, we're going to get into that later in this outline. But he says, I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. What do you think he was saying there? You know? 
Show us the Father, Philip said, and it suffices us. And you can hear the heart of Jesus Christ when he told these individuals, his disciples, haven't I been so long time with you that you have not seen me? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. For I am in the Father and he's in me. In other words, there is no Father unless there's sons and there's no sons unless there's fathers. In the Babylonian system, right, they're starting to see this. And guess what? Unless it's rooted, rooted down, rooted, rooted down, pulled down, thrown down, destroyed, as is prophesied in Jeremiah, to Jeremiah, the Lord said, then build and plant, that whole system is never going to be able to accomplish what the sons of God need and the daughters of God in their walk and bringing them into maturity, in other words. You know, I met a young, another young lady at the, at the work, and uh, and she said that she was involved in a ministry, and she was involved in volunteering and in the audiovisual department, and years and years and years of serving. But she started realizing that she wasn't growing in the Lord, and she asked about this, and never got the response that she needed as a daughter of God. And she made a choice to serve God rather than serve a ministry. And she's, she's, from that point on, she stopped going and being a part of a fellowship anywhere. Because see, in the Babylonian system, all they can do is get you to a place where you're volunteering and serving this big machine, but you're not growing in the Lord. And that's exactly what was happening to her. And I said, well, praise God, you know. If you'll get involved in the Word of God now and these teachings that are coming out, you will grow in the Lord, amen. Not to the glory of Joseph, to the glory of God. Wow. She was so encouraged to meet me, boy. And I just shared with her the videos and the YouTube channel and so on. And man, she was blessed. Now that was a father's greeting, right? Now let's talk about a father's love and concern. 2 Timothy 1, 1 through 7. Take a look at this. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life of Zoe, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my be dearly beloved Technon, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with a pure conscience that without ceasing, ceasing I have remembrance of you in my prayers night and day. Look what a father does, man. His love and concern while praying for these sons of God and daughters of God. Greatly desiring to see you being mindful of my of thy tears that I may be filled with joy. Greatly desiring to see you being mindful of your tears, Timothy. I'm aware of what you're going through as your spiritual father. And keep in mind, it wasn't something that we had to, you had to say to anybody. Even back then, they didn't call these individuals father. But it was something he was doing. Paul was doing this. He was fathering. He was training and teaching up sons just like sons are raised and trained. Sons and daughters are raised and trained in the natural. You see? So he, he was very mindful of his son, Timothy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, pure faith, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, I am persuaded that it is that in thee also. Look at that. See, Timothy needed a father. He was getting a great influence from his grandmother and great influence from his mother, but you don't see a mention of his natural father. Thank God for Apostle Paul, amen, that came into his life. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. 
The word gift there is the word charisma. We're going to be getting into that in a few months down the road, but you know, just to note that there's nine different Greek words for the word gift, and this one is charisma. So he told them to stir up the gift. So what, what, what was going on there? Apparently you weren't working in your gift, Timothy, because I'm having to tell you to stir it up. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Look at that, man. Amen? God hath not given us a spirit of fear. Praise God. But of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so he, 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 he wrote these words to him. And, and you can imagine reading this letter. Timothy's reading this letter, man. And how his heart swollen up with emotion, man. Full of joy, full of gladness. Thanking God, amen, for being encouraged, amen. Amen. Mm. Praise God. The encouragement, amen. Thanking God for the encouragement. Verse, 1 Timothy 1.18, right? This charge I commit unto thee, Technon Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou might by them mightest war a good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience, which some have been put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck. Wow. You see that? Now watch this. He said this charge. Look at that. Charge here. All right. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy. The word charge here is the word a mandate, a charge, a command. I commit is, is the word to place alongside, that is to present truth by implication to deposit as a trust for, or for protection. My son, Technon, that thou mightest war to serve in a military campaign figuratively to execute the apostolate with its arduous duties and functions to contend with carnal inclinations. In other words, get into it, Timothy. Get into these sons and daughters' lives. Amen. Get into their lives and help them understand areas that are not out of order in their lives. And I've read this scripture many times. I'm, I'm going to read it again real quick. This is uh, uh, 2, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse Restart with verse 3 in the message translation. The world is unprincipled. It's a dog eat dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair, but we don't fight our battles that way, never have and never will. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation, but they are for demolishing that entire massively, massively corrupt culture, Paul was saying here. Paul is a spiritual father, amen. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies. Tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God. Fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every obstruction and building lives of obedience unto maturity. Look at that. Isn't that beautiful? That's what we do. That's the apostolic campaign. That's the apostolic career. Right? Now, So, uh, praise God. Praise God. So he says, uh, verse, 1 Timothy 4, 12, right? The Father's encouragement, let no man despise thy youth, Timothy, 
But be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. Look at that. Amen. Despise, kataphroneo, to think against, that is to disesteem. Disesteem, think little of. Don't let them make you think little of yourself. Amen. Example is the word be thou an example is the word tupos as a die is struck, that is a stamp or a scar. In other words, an exact replication of the kingdom of God by what's been taught to you and how you've been trained. And so it says, be thou an example in logos, in behavior, in conversation, anastrophe, in agape, which is love, in numa, in spirit, in pistis, which is faith, in hagnea, which is purity. Stand up, amen, for the cause of Christ in these, in these areas, amen. Don't be ashamed of this, man. Don't let anyone despise your youth, amen. Praise God. So he goes on here and he's telling them these things and, and don't neglect all this, you know. Amen. First Timothy 6, 11, But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. Amen. Don't let anybody dissuade you, discourage you. Stand up for the cause. Amen. As it says in Exodus 15, 3, The Lord God is a man of war. The Lord God is his name. God put that gene of Ish in every one of our lives to stand up for the cause in Christ. That is, to stand up for the cause that comes against God, that comes against the kingdom of God. Now, a father's exhortation, comfort, and nourishment. First Thessalonians 2, 7. But we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherisheth her children. And that's a beautiful passage right there because it tells you the grace of God on the on the Father, amen, the spiritual Father of our lives. And so in verse 7, But we were gentle among you as a nurse. The word nurse is the word nourisher. Cherisheth is to warm or to brood her children. So again, nourishing and cherish, cherishing, right? As a nurse that's brooding over her children, watching over her children, amen? In the natural, right? Everywhere we have situations where there's babies that are born, birds, you know, snakes, bugs, whatever, man. They're all cherishing their children. They're all trying to bring them to a place of maturity so that they can go out and produce, again, the godly seed in the natural and spiritual. Now, it's interesting because Paul here is showing us that as a, as a pater, as a father, he was a, a nurse that was able to cherish children. Not in the nurse in the, in the physical sense of the woman, but the, the grace that the woman has to be that nourisher and one that cherishes. Right? Paul was doing this. And then he says, verse 11, As you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father does his, does his children. So here he's talking about nursing and cherishing it. And then he's talking about exhorting and comforting. He was able to do both. Amen? As a father. Spiritual father, he was able to bring forth nourishment, but he was also able to bring forth exhortation at, at times necessary for us to grow in the Lord. Amen? And he wasn't intimidated about it. <laughs> now, a father's instruction. 1 Timothy 4, 13. 
till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. In other words, don't slip off of this word, these principles that I've been teaching you, writing to you, these principles when I was with you that I taught you. Don't slip on these things, man. Hold on to them, right? Wow. Listen to this, Father's duty. I fed you with milk and not with meat. 1 Corinthians 3, 2. For hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now. You see, these Corinthians, if you look back at verse 1, 1 Corinthians 3, 1, right? It says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, pneumaticos, but carnal, sarkikos, even as unto napios in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. See, the body of Christ is not ready to receive the meat of the kingdom of God. Their hearts, they think they're ready. But when you tell them they got to die to themselves in order to continue to grow in the Lord, oh, wait a minute. When you tell them you've got to empty out of your dreams and your visions and your desires and let God fill you with dreams, visions, and desires, wait a minute. I've spent all this money. I've spent all this time. I've written all these books. I've done all this work. I've built this ministry. Man. For well, you're a carnal, verse 3, for whereas there's among you envy, strife, and division, are you not carnal and walk as men? My goodness. You see what I'm saying here, man? Oof. Father's duty. 1 Corinthians 9 1. He said, Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are you not my work in the Lord, Corinthians? If I'm not an apostle, if I'm not, if I be not an apostle unto others, doubtless I am to you. I may not be a spiritual father to those of all that are out there, but I know I am to you. For you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. And what's interesting here is that as you come into maturity in the Lord as a weans, that the Father is in the Son and the Son's in the Father. There is no um, there is no gap there, if you will. There's there's nothing there that 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 that, that hides either of the two. Because when you come into sonship and you grow up in the Lord, guess what? You're gonna start doing the work of the Lord. See, the Holy Ghost leads you to Jesus. Jesus leads you to the Father. Watch this. Let me show you the scriptures. Mm. Amen. John 16, 13. And when he, the spirit of truth, has come, right? He will guide us into all truth. He will only, how's it worded? He will not speak of himself. See, Jesus, the Holy Ghost's intent is to bring us to Christ. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Sons and daughters of God not speaking of themselves, right? But only speaking what they're hearing the Holy Ghost say. And what's being revealed. He shall glorify me, Jesus said. He shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. He's going to give it unto you because he's getting it from me. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and show it unto you. A little while and you shall not see me yet again. Yet a little while because I go to the Father. Wow. 
And there's a beautiful principle there, amen. As long as we stay with God, when we see the Lord Jesus resurrected and exalted in every aspect of our lives, guess what? We're going to see the Father. <laughs> now you're going to come into your place and purpose of the Lord. Now, praise God. And so he told him, are you not my apostleship in the Lord? Of course you are, man. I don't have to be an apostle to everyone he's saying. But I know I'm an apostle to you. One that's been sent by the Lord. And not sent to say like, you know, I'm sending you. In other words, you're sent to reap, pre-sent. You're, you're sent to represent. What you're hearing from the Spirit, what you've been hearing from the Lord, what he's been giving you. And then you, before... Then you send it. In other words, you're sent. In other words, you're representing the Father. Re-present. Amen. So again, <clears throat> the Father's duty, right, to bring us up into maturity. Why did God give us all this, man? What is the purpose of God here? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 talks about it. He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. And when you look at the word preceding that, scripture. Another Greek word here that talks about it's the word doma. Right? Verse 10 I think here. No, I'm sorry. Verse 8. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he left captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. The word gifts there is doma. God is not confused, amen, about this order. When Jesus Christ ascended, he gave us gifts and he gives the Holy Ghost. In, in other words, through the operation of God, all this took place, right? God, God, Jesus resurrected. The Holy Ghost came down. Jesus gave gifts unto men, right? And what was the purpose of all this? Was it, was it so I can build a big prophetic teaching, apostolic, evangelistic, shepherd ministry? It wasn't for me, in other words. The word domus means to make a gift of a gift. He gave gifts unto men. He made, he gave the gift to the man and then he prepared and trained him and raised him up and matured him. Then he turns around and gives him back to the people so to educate and train them and make disciples. Raise up sons and daughters. Verse 11, and he gave some apostles and some prophets, some evangelists, shepherds and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, number one, for the work of the ministry, number two, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son, the we us of God, unto a mature man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, as a full man, body of Christ. In other words, not one person collectively. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of man and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in him in all things, even Christ, which is the head. For whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies, according to the effectual work and the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying itself in love. Amen. Praise God. I want to look at something there in verse 14. That you be no more napios tossed to and fro. Right there, man. Telling us that you've got to grow up, body of Christ. And, the, and until you've encountered these aspects of God in your life, of Jesus Christ, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, shepherd, teacher, many of us have encountered the shepherd, shepherd and the evangelist. Not many of us have encountered teachers of God, apostles of God, prophets of God. 
You see, you got to come into this and you got to grow up into this. Otherwise, you're going to still stay stuck on milk and you're not going to grow any more in the Lord and you're going to wonder what's going on here, man. Wow. Now, praise God. What time is it? 9.53. Glory to God. Now, let's look at this. The Father's warning. 1 Timothy 5, 1 and 2. Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father and the younger men as brethren. The elder women as mothers, the younger as sisters with all purity. Look at what he's telling them here, man. Honor your father. Rebuke not elders and treat them as fathers. Those that are able to uh, nurse, nursing fathers, nursing mothers. In other words, those that are able to bring you up in the Lord and train you and teach you and discipline you and nurse you. The younger men as brethren, the younger men as brethren, you're my brothers, amen. The elders as women, the elder women as mothers, the younger as sisters, amen. But entreat him as a father, amen, he said. Second Timothy there, I mean, First Timothy 5, 1, I want to look at that word. Entreat means to call him near, to invite him. Rebuke not an elder, the scripture says, man. Ooh. And the word rebuke is to chastise. In other words, there's a certain order. Hey, brother, uh, I, I see this going on in your life, and I'd like, can we talk about something real quick? And you, and you bring it out. But in the right spirit, right? Not to not to uncover them, not to uh, belittle them, all right? Make them, not to equalize them for sure. <laughs> you see, we do that all the time. We equalize so that we don't have to, we equalize, and therefore you neutralize in your authority. That's not the goal of all. Second Timothy 4, 5, But thou, but watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. So in other words, talk to people about the good news. Tell people that, you know, God is alive and he's not mad at the world. In Jesus Christ, amen. Make full proof of thy, of thy diakonia. Man. The word ministry there, Second Timothy 4, 5, Right there. And it's the word uh, diakonia, attendance, servant. Make full proof of your servanthood, Timothy. Your service to the body of Christ, amen. Verse Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks unto you as unto children. Right? Hebrews 12, 5. My son. Despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when you're rebuked of him. Look at that, Hebrews 12, 5. And I've been reading that out. I mean, I've, we've been discussing that scripture quite a bit. And the word children there and son is the word weos. So he says, my, if, and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks unto you as unto weos. My weos, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when you're rebuked of him. So there's three things here. If you read this, we're gonna, I'm not going to read it all, but there's three, three things here. You can endure. You can despise. That's what's going to happen. I'm sorry. You can faint. In other words, who can do this? It's too hard. You can you can despise and think little of disesteem, right? Let no man uh, disesteem you, Timothy, he told him. Or you can endure as a good son, right? For when the Lord loves, he corrects and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening... God deals with you as we ask. For what son is he when the father doesn't correct? 
But if you're without correction, whereof all are particulars, then are you bastards and not sons. Wow. See, a father that is training up and raising up sons and daughters, they're, be obedient, they're being obedient to the Lord. These are called sons. But sons and daughters of God that are not receiving correction in their lives, not to mention nobody's even correcting you. You're not being fathered, because that's part of being a father in the natural and spiritual. You're not receiving correction from anybody. Guess what? Scripture says you're a bastard. Oh, furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they very for a few days chasing us after their own pleasure, but pleasure, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Amen. Correcting us, sons and daughters of God, so that we can partake of God's purity, God's holiness, so we can be a, a, a vessel, an implement, a tool. To be used by the Lord. Sanctified. The motive is pure. The word is not my word. The work is not my work. The will is not my will. The way is not my way. Etc. All of the Father. Which will bring peaceable fruits of righteousness. Amen. Wow. Amen. Hmm. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3, talking about the correction of God. And I read this earlier, and our brethren cannot speak unto you as unto pneumaticos, but as unto spirituals, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. I need to get you to the meat, but you're still drinking the milk. For you're not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. For you're carnal. There's, where, there's still enemy and division and strife among you, man. You're still trying to buck one another. Right? If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another and envying one another. How in the world are we ever, ever, ever going to come to that place where we're able to do something for the Lord? This is what he wrote in 1 Corinthians 4.14. I write not these things to shame you, but as my beloved tectons, I warn you. For though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have you not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. Wherefore I beseech you, be followers of me. My goodness. I'm going to read something there in the, in the outline here. Um, so he said not many fathers, right? And the word Warn is the word nutheo, which is to put in mind a caution to reprove gently. Nuthetic, confrontation. <laughs> confrontation, that ministry, that bishop ministry of confronting the soul is a hard, tough ministry. Because you don't know how you're going to be received when you bring forth the word of the Lord to brothers and sisters' lives. You see? And it requires you got to get in people's lives. You gotta be a part of their lives. He said, "You got ten thousand instructors in Christ, not many fathers." Isn't that true today? Hundreds and hundreds and thousands out there building up their ministries, preaching that next good message, right? Getting the people, keeping the people excited so that they keep coming, so they keep dropping the money in the bowls, right? System, the Babylonian system, boy, churning them out. 
He said, I have begotten you, verse 15, in Christ. I sent my son Timothy, verse 17, he will remind you. Hmm. My ways in Christ, I teach this in all the ecclesia, follow me as I follow the Lord, verse 16. So there it is, 1 Corinthians 4. And so he tells them here, man, that uh, follow me as I follow the Lord. And that's how it is. In other words, the things that I've trained and taught you with, those are the things that you continue to train and teach others. Faithful man, as the scripture says. And I want to read some scriptures here. Proverbs 6.23, right? For the commandment is a lamp and the law is a light. And reproofs of instruction are a way of life. Isn't it interesting that the society, today's societies, right, they call them millennials, the ones that are growing up right now, they can't handle any kind of correction. No pressure whatsoever. You know why? Because they weren't fathered. They were raised up in mother church. They didn't come in to father God. Because God, if, he, if he, God receives you, guess what? He's going to inspect you and he's going to correct some things. Hmm. So the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, and reproofs of instruction are a way of life. Proverbs 10, 1, a wise son makes a glad father, but the foolishness is the heaviness of his mother. Look at that one in the, in the, um, in the message translation. Pretty plain. Oh, man. 10, 1, message. Wise son, glad father. Stupid son, sad mother. Eight words right there. Mm. Oh boy. A wise, verse 8, 10, chapter 10, Proverbs 10, 8. The wise in heart will receive commandments, but a prating fool shall fall. Look at this in the message. A wise heart takes orders. An empty head will come unglued. You can't put any pressure on them. Hmm? They buckle down. This is Proverbs 10, 10 in, in the message. An evasive eye is a sign of trouble ahead, but an open face-to-face -face meeting results in peace. The neutetic confrontation. Amen. If you receive the word of the Lord when you get confronted by your brothers and sisters, amen, and by those who are over you in the Lord, not over you to lord you, but over you to build you up, amen, in the Lord, disciple and train you. If you will receive those that God has placed in your lives, then the results will be peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Blessed are the peacemakers, for these are the ways of God. As Jesus said, I in you, and you in me. All right? As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. And Jesus said, haven't you seen the Father? The Father is in me, and I'm in the Father. We're one, in other words. We're united in cause and purpose. The purpose of God is being filled to raise up sons and daughters. Amen. Wow. All right. Well, I'm going to end this now. And I just want to encourage you. Let me give you another scripture. In the lips of him that has understanding, wisdom is found. But it rods for the back of him that is void of understanding. He is in the way that keeps life. He is in the way of life that keeps instruction. But he that refuses reproof, error. If you don't receive the Father, you're going to err. 
The lips of the righteous feed many, glory to God. But fools die for want of wisdom. It is sport for a fool to do mischief. But a man of understanding has wisdom, glory to God. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that we're becoming sons and daughters that have wisdom, that are able to hear after the Spirit, Father God, that receive your correction in their lives, Father God, that we may grow up into maturity, Father, that we may come into that place, Father God, of maturity with you, Father. I thank you, Lord God, for your faithfulness on this hour, Father. I thank you for those that are partaking in hearing the words of life, amen. For your word is life unto those who find them and health to all their flesh, Father. I thank you for the medicine and health that you bring to your people, Lord, in spirit. I thank you for those, Father God, that you help encourage. I thank you for those that you exhort, Father. I thank you for your people, Lord God, and your ways, Father. The children of Israel knew your acts, but Moses knew your ways. Father, I thank you for your precious Holy Spirit, Lord of God, that teaches us. For we need not that any man teach us, save that anointing which is in us, that abides in us, it will teach us of all things. We thank you for this time, Father. We bless you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yeah. 
Hallelujah.